What's up, everyone? We're back for another episode of Locked On Bucks. A uh, little bit of a delayed post-game pod, but Milwaukee, you talk about going on a winning streak. The Bucks are on a winning streak. Back-to-back wins. They handle the Sixers. They handle the Knicks. The champs are back. Let's talk about this Knicks game because it was interesting. There's plenty to talk about. Let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can see me on this show and hear me daily and also find my work over at ESPN and NBA Australia. And joining me is the founder of Brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. As always, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every single day. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, we've been we've been up here. We've been doing this for about six weeks now. Uh, it's a different look. It's a bit of fun. If you haven't checked it out on YouTube, you can do that. And today's episode is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. Uh, I'm loving it. And Frank, we had a podcast, and we've been discussing this for the last couple of weeks, and just about the injury list, the injury toll, and the fact that the Bucs need to find a way just to win games. And I think that was literally the conversation we had before this back-to-back against Philadelphia and New York. They got some injury luck against Philadelphia, and it wasn't easy, but they just banked a win. And when we finished our last podcast, the post-game against Philadelphia, I said, this New York game is going to be difficult. They're playing well. This is a this is legitimately a, a decent basketball team. And you said, well, at this point, with some of the guys they've got out, it can come down to three-point shooting. And can they hit three-point shots? And they did that. And on a night where Giannis only has 15 points, they're able to put up 112 and, and win on the road on a back-to-back when they were challenged late. This was a pretty good win, honestly, on a back-to-back, given given how things have gone the last couple of weeks. It's pretty rare that uh, the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks had a 24-point lead in the second half. They won by 12, and I was, like, shocked that they won by 12, as many as 12 points, right? Um, because... Uh, I mean, right. Very strange game. The Bucks really begin to exert their will in that third quarter. Giannis has kind of finally has his breakthrough 11 points in third quarter. They get that big lead. You think they're going to, okay, they have this game, but as they did what, a couple of weeks ago or a week ago, maybe even 10 days ago, uh, the Knicks come back and this time it's their bench. And with Julius Randle, who struggled the first few quarters and uh, the, the, you know, most of the other starters on the bench in the fourth quarter for the Knicks, they, they mount this huge comeback and, I'm not going to lie. When they tied the game, I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't think the Bucks are winning this game. I mean, the, the garden crowd was obviously incredibly into it. And it just felt, I mean, some of the possessions the Bucks were having, like they just, they were like having like jump shots blocked. Like it, it just felt like they were, I don't want to say they were spooked because like, look, they just won an NBA championship. Like I know they're not afraid of the Knicks, but they were playing like, they looked like the little brothers who had, you know, gotten up, you know, the, the big brother had let them get a lead. And suddenly they were like, Oh crap. Like we're going to start trying now. So Derek Rose raining threes. Um, it was wild. So, uh, I mean, 
let's just say I, I was still kind of shocked at the end of the game when I heard that they hit 26 threes. Oh. Um, you know, it's like it, it was a crazy night into what seven threes in the final five minutes. I think the stat was, I mean, remarkable. And, you know, like, I mean, I, I hate to go to the like, oh, well, that's what championship teams do. Like, they just use that championship experience to, you know, go go get this win. Um, look, I, I don't think that's the, the exact explanation. But, uh, you know, you look at a guy like Pat Connaughton, like, is Pat Connaughton nervous about playing the Knicks in November? No, not after what he's done and, and what he's gone through. And between Connaughton with a career night, 23 points, nine rebounds, five assists, Grayson Allen hitting another five threes. Drew Holiday was better, I would say. Bobby Portis was was pretty good as well. Um, you know, it, it took it took a, a group effort, uh, especially with Giannis struggling, but uh, just a remarkable shooting performance. And yeah, I mean, I said it. I think a lot of these Bucks games right now, given the lack of uh, shot making from Chris and not having Brooke, it's just going to come down to a referendum on whether you hit a bunch of threes or at least you hit more threes than the other guys. And you know, in a game where the Knicks go 16 out of 37, 42, pretty damn good. Uh, the Bucks obviously really needed shots, and every time they needed a big shot down the stretch, they made it. And you know, again, they're not going to do that every night. Uh, but they've had a lot of shooting struggles here on the season. It was nice to see some of those shots going down, and hopefully, starting to see more of the real shooting uh, ability of this team. Hopefully, uh, start to come through. They're back up to about thirty-six percent, down from a little under thirty-nine percent last year. So they're not back yet, but. Um, in a season where the whole league is struggling, it was pretty cool to see the Bucks use that that three point shot as a weapon again. Yeah, I had a couple of people that that I know that were in Madison Square Garden, and I feel like it was the ultimate Madison Square Garden uh, experience because you get a Bucks win first of all, that's important. You get a really fun game; they're banging down big shots, but you also got the insane Knicks crowd for a stretch. Uh, this, this this crowd is absolutely bonkers. So that that's it's always fun to be there. That's why I don't mind watching them on League Pass just when they're playing at home because the crowd is is so nuts. But when you hit 26 threes, naturally there's going to be a, a fair spread of guys that knock them down. And it's kind of remarkable. They're only three off what they got in Miami. And I was watching the the Knicks feed of this game. And uh, and I, just because I love the announcers and Frazier was going on about that 29 threes at the start of the game. And he's like, this is a team. This is a team that can razzle and dazzle. They can hoop and scoop. And you're saying all, the, all these things. But but they were just dejected at the end that this team kept on hitting threes. And Pat Connaughton was the guy. I, I put up the the numbers just because we've spoke about it. I mean, this he has legitimately become a guy that they're more than happy to go to in big moments to knock down a three. And so I was like, well, I wonder what his clutch numbers actually are shooting the ball in the fourth quarter uh, and and through last year's regular season, the postseason, and this year so far. So he's 11 for 21, so around 57 uh, – sorry, yeah, sorry, 11 for 21, around 50, 57% there on clutch time threes, which is obviously the margin, five points or fewer, uh, under five minutes left to go in the game. Uh, Chris Middleton – is the guy that's second, but he's he's a fair way back and the efficiency isn't there. Now, clearly they're taking different shots. There's no doubt about that. I mean, you don't, let's not read too much into that. But Pat is no longer a guy and this happened late last year. But when he shoots these shots late, I do just think that he's going to knock them down. I mean, he's really just become that guy that you trust in those big moments to hit those shots and those three triples that he hit last night. Uh, pretty damn awesome. I mean, I was going to say, we've talked a lot about Grayson Allen for, for good yeah. reason in the last week. But uh, when you have both Grayson and Pat out there, uh, you know, 
Pat's obviously been working with you know playing with Giannis now for three years. Um, so he has, I think, a good cadence, good rhythm with him, you know, has a good sense of where to be. Uh, and you know, we saw it. I mean, there were there were a bunch of times last night, because obviously you're watching Giannis struggle and um Mitchell Robinson did a nice job for sure. But you know, Mitchell Robinson didn't I don't know if Mitchell Robinson played in the fourth quarter. And Giannis had one free throw in the fourth quarter, and even with you know Taj Gibson being his defender for for long stretches of their of that game, um, it just felt like man, the Knicks were just flooding the paint and and there were just yeah. so many bodies that Giannis would have to go through. And, you know, you ask, well, why does Giannis, when he's on that left block, why does he always go to the baseline, right? And you could say, well, it's because they can't, they're not putting another defender on the baseline. And, the you know, yes, the baseline is another defender. I mean, you frequently hear people say that, but it doesn't slap at the ball. It can't take a charge. <laughs> you know, like, ultimately, you know where it is and you can use it as a reference point and it simplifies the job that Giannis has because, knows he, he basically has to get through one guy and obviously i mean we've seen it right they can bring help if he goes under um but I, look i would love it if he got to the middle more and shot maybe that baby hook that right-handed baby hook from that left block i mean that's certainly a shot that um we've seen at times over in you know, the last playoffs but um i mean the way that they were packing the paint i mean they just they did a really nice job on Giannis, and uh, i think again it's important it's so important on nights like these in particular that you make teams pay by burying lots of threes when they leave your guys open and with Grayson Allen uh, and with Pat Connaughton, obviously the principal guys here, um, they certainly did that, but it was nice. Portis also these last couple games starting to stroke the three a little bit. Is he going to be 47% again this year? Maybe not, uh, but it's important for him to hit threes because again, he takes a lot of mid range jump shots. He doesn't go to the foul line a whole lot. So for him to be efficient, you know, he has to be pretty good from three point range and he needs to shoot a lot of threes, relatively speaking, to, to do that. And he's never been a high volume guy. So, you know, with Grayson and with Pat, I mean, the, the, the volume numbers, 11 threes from Grayson Allen, 13 threes from Pat Connaughton. I mean, that's that's maybe the underrated part about this is not just that they can hit open shots, but that they're getting them up. They're not hesitating. And again, they're not like all wide, 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 wide open. You know, when the league calls something quote unquote wide open, you'd be surprised how can be and have it still you know qualify as wide open um but if they have a chance to set their feet and you know they're not in danger of getting a shot block um you just feel good about those guys letting the ball go and, and again it's you know pat had gone through a little bit of slump i mean even after yesterday he's only at 38 percent, so you know huge three-point shooting game um but hopefully we saw him at that level last year and if he's going to be at that level again this year obviously it's a huge plus especially uh you know in the short term here where you've been missing chris middleton and his important shooting yeah, Pat said after the game when he was asked about it, it was a career high in attempts and a career high in makes. And he said, you know what? That's good that those things are together. And it's not just a, a career high in attempts and and not the other way around. But yeah, I mean, 20, uh, I guess that's that's 24 attempts between the two of them from long range is, is some serious shooting. Uh, I wanted to mention something about Grayson Allen as well. And uh, just looking at his numbers uh, across the course of his career so far, we've said it, but I think that this guy's having some fun. Before we do that, Talk about betonline.ag, which is back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated website or mobile uh, website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, uh, baseball's done, but NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That's bet online, where the game starts. Uh, so we uh, we mentioned at the top 
We thank you guys for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every single day. Uh, we've been we've been pumping up the Locked On Packers podcast this week. Some unfortunate news today. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm seeing a lot of Packers fans online pretending now that uh, Odell Beckham Jr. sucks anyway. He's washed. And it's like, that's like the typical sports reaction. You know, you got to talk yourself out of how disappointed you are. But check out the Locked On Bucks podcast with Peter Bukowski. He will run through that. But Grayson Allen, you, you mentioned Bobby Portis. Is he going to shoot 47%? Yeah, I think we've both said maybe not. The year before, it was George Hill that was up around 50%. I don't know if Grayson Allen's going to be this guy. His volume might be too high for him to keep his percentage at that point because if you look at the amount of threes that he's getting up this season, so he's always been, outside of his rookie season, the last three years he was at uh, 40.5% and then 39 and then this year he's now he's up to 42 because he's been shooting the shit out of the ball the last few weeks here. But his attempts per game, Last year, he was at 5.5 per game on that Memphis team. This year, he's up to 8.8 a game. He's getting up. I mean, and last night in particular, you could just see it, that as you pointed to, the way they were defending Giannis, we've seen teams load up on Giannis before. But the Knicks did do a good job, particularly in transition as well. They would always have three guys there, and it's like, okay, Giannis, you've literally got nowhere to go here. It's not a surprise. Tibbs, this has been a good defensive team. They were good last year. But it did allow guys like Grayson Allen and Pat Connaughton, obviously, to get off the chain. But there was one three in particular early in the game where I was like, okay, Grayson Allen's really feeling good about himself right now. He dribbled the ball up the floor. We haven't seen a lot of it. He literally just pulled up, no pass, on the left wing, knocked it down. And I was like, okay. I was like, Grayson Allen's, you know, gone from a guy in the first couple of games where Giannis was angry at him for not not shooting the ball to now he's just letting a ping and transition three, pull up threes in transition. So... Grayson Allen, uh, I saw someone tweet the other day that he always looks miserable on the floor. He does ha- He does have a bit of a grumpy face and he, uh, a, a grumpy look on his face most of the time. But post-game, if you ask him about Giannis and watch his pre- uh, post-game press conferences, he's definitely enjoying life on this team and enjoying life playing with Giannis. Yeah, and we talked about him and the kind of outsized number of open threes that he's been getting. Uh, I, think, I think there was a stat. It was maybe like five games ago or something the bucks they're on their open threes they were second or third in the league and they were shooting 29.9 percent on open wide open threes which is you know just kind of a crazy just outlierish you know small sample thing well you, you wanted a mean reversion here it is the last four games 26 wide open threes per game 45.2 percent as a team they've been hitting those obviously last night was was a big part of that but uh again i mean the way that teams are defending Giannis. uh Chris Middleton's not been out on the floor, so nobody's you know really worried about you know a, a Chris Middleton. Um, George Hill does not have the gravity of you know Chris Middleton uh, right now, and so yeah, I mean it just makes sense that teams are just going to be able to really on Giannis, and Giannis is also not going to get the same opportunities in terms of the pick and roll game just because Chris is probably Chris and eh, I'd say Chris is probably still the best guy at, at getting Giannis easy looks out of pick and roll. I think Grayson Allen did actually get Giannis the ball and I think he might've been fouled on an attempt um, in a roll situation last night. But, um, but yeah, I think overall, obviously, uh, you know, Grayson Allen has settled in extremely quickly. Pat's kind of back to where he needs to be shooting the ball. And, you know, again, I think part of what just had to happen when the Bucks were struggling was they just need to start and last night, obviously, was was hopefully a sign of, of the tide turning a little bit. And now I think the question is just, you know, where do they settle in? Are they a middle of a pack three point percentage team um, or are they going to be, you know, uh, a high a high end three point percentage team? Um, I think last year they were around you know, 20 wide open threes per game. 
and shot, I think, percent on wide, those wide open threes. Um, this year, obviously, still only 36% on wide open, uh, but they're at, I think, around 23 wide open threes per game, which leads the league. So they're creating more open looks than ever. Obviously, Giannis is a huge part of that. Um, and, you know, nice to see the ball finally kind of starting to go down for for really almost everybody. I mean, Rodney was back out there. He Shemi Ojale continues his red hot shooting two out of three from deep, nine points. Um, also, Shemi Ojale had his first block in two years, which you might was think a good is one. like a misprint. But he had 950 minutes last year, did not block a single shot, which I don't know how that's possible given that he's, you know, six, 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 seven, and a good defensive player. You'd think like he would have gotten one of those like slap down guy going up, gets credited for a, a block, even though it was kind of more of a steal type plays. Like those often are given as blocks. So it's kind of remarkable, but just sort of shows that he just is all about positional defense. But yeah, he had a nice block on Derek Rowe on a Derek Rose drive. Seemed maybe like the only time when it seemed like Derek Rose didn't make a shot last night when he took one. Um but yeah, I mean, as you said, no shortage of guys hitting shots, George Hill, two out of three and Drew Holiday, you know, we talked about him needing to start getting going, you know, as a big part of the Bucks looking better offensively. And they put up a 120 offensive rating last night, which is obviously very good. Um, is Drew Holiday just has to play like we're gotten used to seeing Drew Holiday. Not outstanding from him, seven out of 16, 18 points, but four out of six from three didn't drop, didn't get to the foul line at all. Big issue for the Bucks overall, only nine free throw attempts last night. Drew's never been a big free throw attempt guy, but um, six assists, just one turnover. We've seen him have some turnover issues, you know, in kind of key moments here since he's come back. Um, and he hit a, he was among the guys that hit some big shots in that fourth quarter when the Bucks were, you know, desperately trying to hold off the Knicks and, um, and kind of escape New York with a win. So at Grayson three, Giannis having to force up a highly contested um, <laughs> wing three with, I, I think it was Taj Gibson or who who was in his face, but basically as like contested and difficult a three-point shot as me and Giannis hit in recent memory in the third quarter, uh, that was probably the sign that this was going to be a very good three-point shooting night for the Bucks. He also, his only field goal in the first half was a three-pointer, which maybe was probably the, the best um, indicator of, of just how weird and three-point dependent this game was going to be. But, um, but yeah, just uh, one of those nights where everything just happened to go in and, um, you know, it's, it's kind of wild to look at the, the points in the paint numbers, 20 points in the paint for the bucks. Crazy. I, I, you know, I don't have an easy way to check this. I'd be, I'd be interested if they've had a lower number in any game in the, in the bud era, let alone a game they won and the Knicks 30. So, I mean, the Knicks weren't great either. And the bucks actually did a very nice job on the defensive boards last night as well. 84% defensive rebound rate and almost a 30% offensive rebound rate, which is interesting. I think New Orleans Noel, Noel was hurt. I think it kind of hurt the Knicks last night um, because the Bucks did a much better job on the boards uh, than than certainly we saw uh, whatever it was ten days ago with, between these teams, or not even ten days ago, a week like less than a week ago. Yeah, I mean it would have been pretty remarkable if the Bucks gave up another twenty point lead to the Knicks. I mean that that's going to be pretty tough to swallow. But uh, the Bucks got up fifty three point attempts. We obviously spoke about the three point shooting a lot. You mentioned uh, Shemi Ojale and. Uh, the last couple of games in particular, he's he's picked up some offensive rebounds. He got two on the one play, and and naturally when you're shooting a lot of threes, you get some of those long rebounds. He picked up a couple of those on, on those plays. But we spoke about him at the start, and I said, look, I feel a bit bad for him because it feels like he just desperately wants to see this first shot go down. 
and they were talking about it on the broadcast. Lisa Byington was talking about the fact that he said, once I knock it down, I'll be fine. I just need to see one go down. Well, he wasn't wrong. I mean, he's been shooting it well uh, since then, but you don't expect that he's going to be that guy that's going to shoot 45%. But this guy was really a, a good shooter from the corners last year and was left open a lot. So, uh, you know, if he continues to rebound, can knock down the odd three, then he's going to be a guy that, that could play. I remember that Rodney Hood was on the floor, even though he didn't have a bit of a, much of an impact because he hit that three in front of the uh, Knicks bench there. And and again, Frazier was just like, oh, and Hood is good from the corner. And I was like, ah, Hood is good. Yeah, I'm going to think about that every time he hits a three now. Uh, I was loving that call, but I'm also loving McDonald's, Frank, the, the, the sponsor of uh, today's episode uh, that's been proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group. I've never had a study group in my whole entire life, but I'm sure that people do that. Uh, and uh, they do it because they know they'll have dependable Wi-Fi. We're about to have a weekend of just a stupid amount of rain here in Melbourne, so my Wi-Fi probably won't hold up i'm probably gonna have to go to mcdonald's but win or lose it's a place where teammates competitors the home team or the away team can come to recharge it's a place where you always look forward to stopping at a long road trip and rest your legs and refuel so head to your local mcdonald's to refuel and reconnect did someone say locked on bucks watch party i'm loving it so i'll I'll say this first of all frank the reason why we're doing this podcast late is because uh um, I'm in the middle of doing NBL, the Australian League Media Days. We're recording a little bit late here because Chris Middleton's Brisbane Bullets were dragging the chain a little bit, a little bit slow to show up. So I've got to actually go and, and do another team's call here in a few minutes. But yesterday, uh, for a, a Bucks link, Sydney Kings were in town and Chase Buford was uh, is, is the head coach. So I wasn't watching this game live because I was in at the studio doing these interviews and, and Chase sits down and we, we'd spoken a few times since he came to Australia, but we hadn't met face to face. So he walks in and I said, said, oh, how are you doing? And he said, well, I'm doing better than the Milwaukee Bucks at the moment. And this was halfway through the game. And I was thinking, I was like uh, I was like Hitchcock and Scully trying to cook a, a lasagna. I looked down the camera and I said, mama, magaliosa. And I was thinking that the Bucks were, were, getting, were getting destroyed. And then I looked at the box score and Giannis had 15 points. And I said, well, this ain't good. What's going on here? But they ended up winning. So that's my, that's my box story. Chase hasn't got his ring yet. I was very disappointed that somehow uh, I wanted him to have his ring somehow and have it on him so I could, you know, put it on or something. But unfortunately, uh, that wasn't the case. But the point is, I don't have much time to, to break down this Knicks, games anymore, Knicks game anymore. But the Bucks do have the Celtics tomorrow. Uh, another game where even though the Bucks are still missing players, you try and take advantage of a team that doesn't have Jalen Brown in the lineup struggling with a, a hamstring injury. Well, the downside is now Marcus Smart can finally be unleashed because he doesn't have to <laughs> watch Jalen Brown not pass it to him. Um, yeah, it, it's, I mean, it's a winnable game. And you look at the the schedule right now, um, you know, you wrap up the, the road trip uh, this weekend, I guess, right? And then you have a chance to go home and you've got like the Magic twice, the Pistons. I mean, you got... Well, I think four or five game stretch that is a very uh, opportune time to, to try to get fat on some of the teams that that are, let's just say, not exactly title contenders. And so, yeah, I mean, if you can, you know, to go this weekend, you, you have the Lakers as well. Then um, obviously they're going to be without LeBron, presumably. So um, they're at a little, you know, that's a good time to catch the Lakers as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Bucks. we'll see. I mean, the, the, the games this weekend won't. won't and so I think maybe if you grab one of those, you feel 
perfectly fine with the road trip, right? I mean, if you get out of that road trip, I would have happily taken that when kind of going into it. Some extenuating circumstances, especially with the Philly game. But um, but yeah, it's been interesting. Um, they've been up and down. I, I was kind of higher on them than a lot of people were coming into the season. Um, I think they have enough talent and they have enough depth, depth this year to, to be good. But um, they've obviously been very up and down. Jason Tatum's been super up. Um, most more, more down than up, I would say, uh, so far, but obviously, you know, I mean, with this Bucks team at this point, like, you know, we can't take anything for granted. Uh, and you just hope, you know, especially now that they have the, 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 the honest stopper back Al, Al Horford, um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see, see how things go, but, uh, but yeah. And by the way, we, we, uh, we need to, I thought when you were, you were teeing this up, you, we, we need to give a shout out, a friend of the pod, Riley called us out for not podcasting last night. Uh, she messaged us and was complaining about it. So Riley, here's our our uh, you know attempt to to make up for it by having this. It's an early pod tonight. Um, shout out to her. But uh, but yeah, it's um, it'll be uh, an interesting weekend. And um, you know, again, can't can't get too up or down with with these early season games. But I think uh, if you can go, if you can, if you can, if you're at seven, at 500 coming home for that, you know, home home stand where you can again hopefully roll off some wins. Which is a bit presumptuous for a team that is what one and four <laughs> at uh, yeah. home right now. I mean, the Bucks' struggles at home have been just very bizarre. Um, you know, four losses. I think last year they lost five straight at one point. Um, adding all the injuries, and Giannis was out. They played like one or two kind of you know C league or C team games. Um, but yeah, I think you want to position yourself obviously to to kind of have a chance to to get a fair bit north of 500 coming back uh, at home. But, um, and I think Chris Middleton is now officially out of quarantine, I believe. So he's got, I think a couple days where he's gonna, you know, probably have to, to kind of do some team team supervised, uh, you know, rehab. I don't know if you'd call it rehab, but, uh, but basically that's, that's sort of the path for him. So I, I don't know returning on Sunday is, is really possible. Um, I would say it may not be impossible to come back by Sunday. My guess is uh, we see Chris next week when they are back for the homestand. And again, all that's presuming that, uh, that, you know, he's recovered fine, but I think he's, I think he was officially listed as just not with the team rather than in, is that correct? I thought I saw some yeah. reference that he's no longer technically in the protocol, which is obviously a good sign. And, you know, first and foremost for his health, but uh, obviously hope to get him back on the floor pretty soon. And, and we'll see, I mean, how quickly he ramps back up. We don't know, right? I mean, it obviously drew a while uh, last year when he came back from COVID, but he also at that point, that was pre-vaccine. Um, so assuming Chris is actually vaccinated, you know, you'd hope that obviously his recovery will be a little bit quicker. But again, here we go with fun, uh, you know, immunology, virology, uh, uh, bleeding into sports podcasts. So I'll, I'll probably just leave it there before I say something stupid and, and not well-researched. <laughs> It's see, well, you, can, you don't if you don't if you if you don't know what you're talking about you can just not talk right so I'm gonna I'm just gonna take that I'm gonna take hmm. that opportunity to just stop talking. I know it'll surprise people, but no, I'm not a doctor. Uh, I, I know you you may have got Is, that. Are we are we gonna do a lockdown Packers segue here pretty soon? Plug plug our friend Peter Bukowski. I feel like we're trekking into Packers territory, but I don't know. I've already done that, and it's all on him. I am staying clear of of all that. But do you know what the the beauty of this? I mean, you bring up Chris Milton, and I'm glad that. You reminded me to bring this up. I just saw this tweet. I, I saw a tweet from Jim Olszewski over at the uh, at the Borky uh, Journal Sentinel just before, and I think Eric tweeted the uh, the injury list as well or the injury report. 
But with two games left and and you pick up a couple of wins and, you know, I mean, a couple of days ago, we were talking about this road trip saying, okay, well, they're going to be one and four. Let's try not to go 0 and 5. So now you get a couple of wins. If you can take advantage of Boston uh, injury uh, depleted Boston team and maybe you you turn it into a three and two road trip, they don't have the Lakers back at home until Wednesday night. So it's probably no point in putting Chris uh, on a plane uh, to get him out to Atlanta, keep him in Milwaukee and, and maybe eye off that game a national TV game Wednesday night at Fireserve against the Lakers, which even though LeBron's not going to be there, it takes away a little bit of the, I guess, the the intrigue with the whole Giannis-LeBron uh, stuff. They've had some obviously great games, but still, the, the crown. Yeah. The crown he's, already got, he's already got it, so there's, you know, he doesn't need to take it. Well, I'm talking about Gian- Giannis has the crown now, obviously. But yeah. Yes, obviously. And, and, you know, he's, he's oh, done the crown. Oh, by the way, by the way, Kane, here, here's a little treat for people through this entire podcast. We're going to do something for people. I was up here in my, my guest bedroom, which I have some posters that I need to hang up. I've got this. Uh, I, I bought two of these. Um, I don't know how well people can see it, but it is a uh, Giannis print by uh, an art artist at Floppy Action, Peter Peter Ehrlich, I think is is, uh, is his name. Um, he does awesome stuff. He actually did art for the Joakim Noah uh, Bulls ceremony thing the other day he like made the art and they presented it to joking no and all he does these awesome prints floppyaction.com i've plugged him on the uh on our uh, on my twitter feed before but um i've got a couple of these if 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 people want one subscribe to the youtube feed and leave us a comment on this podcast and look i apologize i i'm i don't have the 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 fortitude to like mail something like halfway around the world so i'm gonna i'll limit it to like north america which Shout out to our international fans. Um, but uh, if we pick, we'll, we'll randomly pick somebody and then we'll get in contact with you and we'll, I'll, I'll go to the, the post office and I'll mail you one of these, these cool prints. So, so there you go. If you stuck with us through this entire podcast, what, it's going to be sad when like one person actually like, you know, gets this far and then, and then makes a comment to us. But, um, but yeah, uh, if you listen to the, the audio version, find our, our YouTube feed, subscribe, Leave us a comment in the comment section, and if uh, if you're just watching this on YouTube, awesome, and leave us a comment, and we'll shoot you some cool some cool Yana stuff. Yeah, I tell you who won't be doing that, Riley. She just wants to talk shit, but she won't last until the end of a thirty minute podcast. We know, we know how it is. But before we wrap it up, I'll mention the uh, Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast. I've uh, been talking about it for a while. You guys know about it. Josh Lloyd, fellow Aussie, he's also getting ripped off by this uh, promotion. Frank's just start, decided to to run here. Uh, it did the anti-Australia promotion on, on Locked On Bucks. But check out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast with Josh. He's excellent at what he does, and you can uh, keep up to date with everything fantasy-wise. Uh, Frank, uh, do we should we should I wrangle you into some sort of post-game pod? What what do we think? Can we discuss this on on the air? Uh Maybe. maybe i'm actually getting my booster shot tomorrow at, at night uh oh, so man, it could be a wild could be a wild show could a be a wild wild show. wild night um we'll, we'll think about it we'll leave right. that team again by the way i feel i feel bad you know we didn't talk about the bucks going to a matchup zone in the fourth quarter i thought that was interesting kind of kind of worked actually through through the knicks off i'm surprised they kind of went away from it and then they went back to it um they they did give up some threes and I don't know maybe some of that goes to the to the matchup zone but uh but yeah I don't know it's it's kind of funny like remember when Nick Nurse was doing all that crazy stuff defensively two years ago in the regular season and you know there was a lot of like why can't Bud just be more like Nick Nurse especially coming off that that playoff streak and it just feels like 
but it feels like Bud is just like F it, man. Like matchup zone. Let's switch everything in the first quarter. You know, like I, I've, I've been enjoying it. It's, it's been fun to watch. And I think, again, we've talked about, obviously the, the deeper you have to go, um, you know, you're playing lineups that you'll never have to play again, but now we're actually at the point where most of these guys are going to participate in, in, you know, games in the playoffs, right? The guys that are playing right now, um, you know, for the most part, he's kind of shortened the rotation. Um, you know, we're not seeing really the two-way guys um, the, the last couple of games. Um, so, so yeah, I think we're starting to get to the point where I think like you can actually maybe start to take some things from it and, and the reps might actually start to not, not be hugely indicative of how good this team is or whether they win a championship, but it's at least, I think, instructive and helpful for, for what they may want to do kind of long-term over the course of the season. So yeah, we'll keep watching some of the, some of the bucks, bucks playing random. But just bringing that to the to the defensive end too a little bit maybe. But playing considering Bud has loved saying just play random throughout his coaching career, it's it's nice to see that he's he's putting his his words to action out on the floor the, these last couple of seasons. So shout out to Bud as well. Um, you know he deserves it, man. He deserves to to do a bit of experimentation out there. But uh, Bucks and Celtics tomorrow, as we said, um, potentially a post game pod. I don't know. Check the feed. You'll see it. You you might see it. Frank might be. Uh, in in bed shivering or, or something like that. So we'll see. We'll see. How I mean, I'll, I'll tell you this: if Giannis scores like 16 points and they lose by 30, there's no way in hell I'm podcasting on a fri- late Friday night. But hopefully, we'll, we'll see. If we have a good reason to pod, we'll pod. Let's say that. Let's leave it there. Giannis, I'm I'm calling it. No back to back quiet games. He'll be back. Frank will be back. I don't know. We'll speak to you guys soon. <laughs>